Thank you for choosing to listen to another exciting teaching from Revive Church. Please join us at either of our two Sunday morning locations, 9 a.m. at Revive Bitterroot, 3909 Highway 93 in Stevensville, or 10 a.m. at 2811 Latimer in Missoula. We also have a 6 p.m. evening service at 130 East Broadway in downtown Missoula. I want to talk to you about the subject of GROW. Uh, we've been looking in the last few weeks since we began the year at uh, the topic of Christianity at, around a table, not just a temple. Today's more of a one-off uh, message. Next week, you, uh, you have the privilege of hearing from uh, Brent, the spark plug Dodge, who's going to have, a, he's preached down in the Bitterroot two weeks ago. He's going to be up here uh, or here next Sunday. Uh, I'll be here as well, but Brent's going to be speaking. Uh, but I want to talk to you about growing, and it can be an ambiguous topic. How many want to grow in your faith? You want to grow in life. You want to grow in your marriage. You want to grow in your family. Uh, we all want to grow, but it's hard to put, uh, to qualify that. Uh, you know, if, if we looked back over the last year, and if I asked you, did you grow last year? You might say, yeah, or maybe you shrunk. <laughs> um, my wife just said to me the other day, you have more gray in your beard. <laughs> See that? It's like coming out. I mean, you know, it's, you know I, uh, we get shorter. We get more gray. We get hair where we don't want it, and we lose it where we do want it. Can someone give me a big amen? It's like, why are my eyebrows so thick um, and thin up here? It's like pulling in and coming out in the wrong place. Um, all right, I digress. Uh, if, if, if we had to ask the question, are we growing, could we answer that question? Could we, do, we, do we have uh, goals that, that are specific enough to answer the question, did I grow? And I want to look at these uh, just three uh, brief verses in Luke 6 as uh, Jesus addresses this and looks at the, it's the parable of the barren fig tree, this uh, really simple but profound text, and it says this, he told the parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. That's a bit odd. I don't know why it's in a vineyard, but it is. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now, I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I don't find any. Cut it down. All the loggers said, yeah. Why should I, come on, Missoula, uh, why should I use up this ground? Basically, this is a waste, this tree is a waste of ground. Let's cut it down. Uh, and he answered him, sir, uh, let it alone this year also. I'll dig around it. I'll put on it manure, fertilizer, uh, and then it should bear fruit next year, well and good fruit, but if not, then you can cut it down. What an amazing short parable that uh, God shares with us, and I want to talk to you about how do, we, how do we grow, how do we find growth in our life. One of my favorite uh, scriptures is Luke 2, 52, talking about Jesus, it said, and the child, or and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Even Jesus grew. If there's no growth, if a child isn't growing uh, and growing in stature, we should be concerned. 
If a child isn't learning in school, it brings concern, right? People gather up, why aren't we growing? Why aren't we learning? Why aren't we getting better? If there's an area in your life where you go, man, I've been fighting through this for, it says this tree hadn't borne fruit for three years. If there's an area that isn't showing improvement, we should be concerned, right? If there's an area we struggle with, and I've even heard it said, and it's true, good uh, trees bear good fruit, right? Good trees have good fruit. That's true. But what if you're a good tree that doesn't have fruit right now? What if there's a branch and you go, man, this (laughs) branch over here doesn't have fruit. I know I'm a good tree because I'm a believer. God saved me. God's touched me. But this branch doesn't have fruit. How do we reconcile that? Right? Even Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Uh, a great scripture for a personal growth plan. He grew uh, physically. He grew mentally. He grew spiritually. And he grew relationally. There's four ways that even our Savior grew as our example. And we should grow the same. Right? Uh, if you're not... There it is. If you're not growing mentally, if you're not growing physically, spiritually, relationally, something's wrong. And I love what John Maxwell said. Uh, uh, every leader is a learner. And when you stop learning, you stop leading. If you've come to a place in your life where you're not learning, you're not growing, you're not expanding, you're not going to lead. And we want to be a church full of leaders, full of people that are growing full of people that are uh, expanding in our faith and growing, someone say, yeah. And so uh, we want to grow. We don't want to be a tree without fruit. We wanna, there's churches without fruit. There's churches maybe, in, and maybe you're in a, a season of life where you go, man, and this isn't to make you feel bad, but maybe you're in a season where you go, man, it's the winter time of my life right now. I don't feel like I have fruit. And the the vine dresser needs to come in and say, not cut it down, right, which is the first response. You're not bearing fruit. What did he say? Cut it down. Is Is that a life judgment or a death judgment? Death. And that doesn't help anybody. And as I said last week, we not only want to grow vertically to God, if you could throw up this chart, Ephraim. Uh, if I want you to think vertically, we grow to God up and down. But we grow horizontally through relationship. You need people in our lives. That was uh, what the last series was about, around a table, not just a temple. We need people to encourage us, people to inspire us, people to bless us. And our growth is going to come as we have connection with God up, but also with people in our lives. That's the church. That's why church isn't an event. It's a family, right? And so how do we get better? How do we grow? Does it take a mentor? Does it take classes? Does it take coming, coming on a Sunday in potlucks? Uh, you're going to grow for sure doing that. Um, I want to look. <laughs> this is horizontal for sure. We're growing out, not up. Uh, we, we, need the, we need the Holy Spirit to grow us. and to, to, we, need, we need his infusion to, to fill us. And so 
I want to look at the universal problem. Uh, I want to look at uh, the advocate, and I want to look at grace and truth, the four or five things that are in this text this morning. First, the universal problem is in our lives there's an expectation of fruit, isn't there? And it's a good expectation. Hey, he came and said, this tree, I've checked it for three years now and there's no fruit. I don't know if there's a place in your life where uh, you go, man, I'm, I'm not doing great at this. And I realize there's seasons of life. There might be a, you might have come out of a winter season. You might be in a springtime season where it's just starting to, to bud or start, come on, somebody say amen. Uh, or there's summer when it's time to reap a harvest. Uh, but maybe you're in a, a bad season and you just go, man, I, I don't have fruit. There's been a time in my life where, I, uh, but here's the problem, everything has to be measured. Do you remember the uh, Matthew 25 the master, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of sil- silver to the last, dividing it uh, in proportion to their abilities. Then he left. So here's five, here's three, here's one. I want you to take this money, and I want you to what? Hide it. Bury it. Sit on it. No, I want you to make it grow. Each one to his own ability. To those he gives much, he expects much. And those he gives little, he expects little, but he wants us to grow. God does. This is, this is a problem we all face where we're called to grow. God gives us talents. He gives us blessings. He gives you gifts. He wants you to use those. Uh, but in our story, do you know who comes? The judge. And he comes and he judges the tree. What does he say? Chop it down. How how many of you like that in your life? That doesn't help, does it? It's It's a death judgment. It's not a life. Chop it down. Cut down that tree. That's what the judge does. It's really a legal response. Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen Short of the glory of God. When something happens in even someone else's life, what do we do? We have a tendency to judge. Man, cut it down. Uh, The response is maybe anger or judgment, right? Chop that tree down. But that's not God's response, thankfully. He does want fruit, but his first response is not judgment, Do we know that today? See, when someone does something wrong, we we say, well, uh, they should feel conviction or condemnation, right? Man, you sin, so you should feel conviction in your life. I think even a better phrase is godly sorrow. We don't want people to feel, we don't want the judge to come. We want people to feel godly sorrow in their life. Not cut it down. Man, that tree doesn't have fruit. Chop it down. I used an illustration last week from 
Townsend and Cloud who said, uh, if, if you're in a, a situation or you've fallen into a situation, maybe it's, it's like a well, 40 feet deep and you've fallen in and you're down there, whether it's a, a sin issue, addiction, uh, some kind of disgrace or abuse in your life, and you're down in the well, and the last thing you need is someone up above the well looking down, right? How do you get down there? Don't you know you, that's a terrible mistake you made? Or even, let me throw you a rope, I'm going to help, right? Looking, people that are in a well know that they're in trouble, they know they've messed up. Man, I'm, I'm, you know, treading water down here. I only doggy paddle. Right? What they need is not someone yelling down at them. They, they need well jumpers. They need people that go, I'm going to come down in with you. I'm going to come to where you're at. I'm going, to come and, I'm going to come and not try to resolve everything because most issues can't be resolved overnight. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to be there with you. They don't need a judge, right? They don't need someone looking down their long nose saying, man, you don't have fruit in your life that won't help. That's what they came the, in the vineyard. I don't know why it's not an orchard. That confuses me. Stuck on that. But he comes to the vineyard. That tree doesn't have fruit. It's been that way for three years. Maybe, maybe you've had a long-term thing that's gone on and on and on. What you don't need is a judge. And we don't need to be a church that comes and says, man, you're not, gonna, you're not doing right. You're not producing fruit. It might be true, but it won't help. Right? It's why New, New Year's, how many have ever made a New Year's resolution and, didn't, and it didn't work out? Do you know why? Because it, the date changes, but you're the same, right? The, the date has changed, or maybe you're in a marriage and, and you go, man, we're going we're gonna to fight through this. Uh, we're going we're gonna to fight and make it better. Counselors said this, so there's... Uh, counselors could meet with a married, married couple, and there's four things that will predict divorce. They're right up here. Criticism, contempt, defen- defensiveness, defensiveness, and unplugging. Unplugging could look like this. Right? Four things. It, those, they can find it in every single marriage that doesn't work. And it's easy to point those out and say, man, what kind of fruit's on the tree? Criticism, contempt. And maybe you go, man, I'm, I'm trying to get fruit on the tree, but it's not working. What you don't need is a judge, right? You don't need to be, how many of you have ever, someone's pointed out what, uh, what is wrong in your life, and you go, I know what's wrong. What you need is to be, to be lifted. What you need is someone to come. Uh, this goes into the next thing. You need an advocate. You need someone to come from the outside. That's what happened. Someone came from the outside and said, man, don't cut the tree down. Right? <laughs> this tree has life. This tree has hope. If, if it's your marriage, you need a counselor. You need a prayer partner. You need an encounter weekend. 
Come on, somebody. It's in a few weeks. There's two spots left in our encounter weekend in a few weeks. Uh, you need someone to come in and say, man, don't cut it down. Dig around it. Fertilize it. Give it a year. Let's, let's try to help here. Are you with me? You, you need someone to... Um, See, the nature of everything in life is it, it breaks down without someone who helps. If we leave our kids alone, what happens? Maybe not, maybe not my kids. Maybe, maybe just my kids, not yours. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you didn't see them yesterday. If, if we leave for like five minutes, it breaks down. Anything left unattended, if a vehicle isn't started in the winter, what happens? It, it's, it's unattended. Uh, entropy, it's a, a physics term. Everything breaks down unless there's a new source of energy or intelligence that comes in to say, man, I'm going to help this thing keep going or get going. It won't work. How many of you know we need an advocate? We need someone to come in from the outside. Uh, what's the movie? Mrs. Doubtfire. Right? The super nanny. Is it Robin, Robin Williams? Remember the, the, the weird cross-dressing thing? Uh, but he comes in from the outside, and all of a sudden, he, he makes this terrible situation work. Why? There's an answer from the outside. He starts to work on it. He starts to challenge the kids. He, he brings a new perspective. That's what we need. That's what the tree needed. Someone from the outside to say, man, this thing isn't bearing fruit. I'm not going to judge it, but I'm going to come in and speak life to it. I'm going to bring a new source of energy. I'm going to bring new intelligence to stop the breakdown. Guys, that's the gospel. In this parable is the gospel, an incarnational gospel of a Savior who had to come in from the outside and say, man, it is broken. It needs help. It's not bearing fruit. But I'm going to come in and I'm going to relate to it. A high priest that knew what sin to be faced with sin meant. And a body, a, a church that builds itself up. Guys, without... Uh, a Savior coming down to us and a body horizontally that builds itself up in its most holy faith, how are we going to make it? You're not going to see growth unless we find the advocate who doesn't come first with judgment or fear. He comes first with love. We, we need to love them before they get better. Before, you know, I love that tree. You know, not, oh, chop it down. Man, I, we have to love it before it's better. Like the woman caught in adultery that's drugged to Jesus, what did the, the religious guys do? They grab rocks. Man, let's stone her. Jesus, we caught her in the very act. And he led with love, but then he followed with structure. It's the gospel. He, he loved her. He cared for her. He said, woman, where are your accusers? I have none, Lord. Good. 
go and sin no more. What a great balance of, of law or of law of grace and the law. The Bible of truth. The Bible says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. A place where uh, we're not judged, a place where our ideas aren't ranked, a place where God comes and loves us with grace. It's the first ingredient for growth. Are you with me today? It's necessary. If you're going to grow, so let's look at this parable for the next few minutes. There's three things that happen. They said, let's dig around it, let's fertilize it, and let's give it a year. Sounds like a pretty good formula, doesn't it? Why dig? <laughs> we, need, we need Christian diggers, people that, that dig around the roots. See, we can look at the symptoms. We can say, man, I don't have fruit on my tree. But the, the, that, the, the branch isn't the problem. Are you with me? It's the root. There's a root issue in our lives that, that's causing us not to grow. And he said, let's dig down. We need the Word of God in our life. It's living and ap- active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between bone and marrow. That's pretty sharp. Dividing between bone and marrow. We need God's Word to come and dig and cultivate our lives. That's why we're here on a Sunday. That's why we're in community group. To say, God, dig around my life. My tree isn't bearing grapefruit. So grace says, don't cut it down. Let's dig. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's garden a bit. Come on. Who's ready for gardening season? Bruce and Shirlene. Get us potatoes. Come on, Lord, I believe. Uh, We need to dig. We need to fertilize. We need to get, get nourishment. We're not self-sustaining. We have to have people and we have to have God in our life to help us grow. He brings the increase. Right? With God, fertilize my life. That's why we worship. That's why we pray. That's why we plug into God daily to say, help me grow. And he starts to fertilize. That's why we need the gifts of the Spirit. That come. That's why we, we go to an encounter weekend. That's why we, we plow ahead. Faith can't be a passive thing. It's active. We've got to fight in our culture today. You guys know that. We've got to fight for our city. We've got to fight for our time. We've got to fight for our faith. We've got to fight for the, uh, against the outside circumstances that come in. Uh, and God, uh, bring your, your spiritual fertilizer, grace, is unmerited favor. It's not con- just conviction or condemnation. We have to have the first ingredient, the unmerited favor of God so we can grow. That's the first thing. You don't seem convinced. So we dig, we fertilize, and then... W- I I love this part. What did he say next? Give it a year. Sometimes we're so quick to see growth. 
Sometimes we want to we wanna name it and claim it or grab it and blab it or I want to get prayer and I want to be better. No, we have to fight for things. We need, season, we need to recognize the seasons of God in our lives and in other people's lives. There's something about God's redeeming time. And from the very beginning when uh, Adam and Eve sinned and they ate the fruit, there's a clue in Genesis 3 where God came and he said, man, you guys have sinned. You're going you're gonna to have to work. You're going to sweat. You're going to have to fight this out. But your seed is going to crush, the heel of your seed is going to crush what? Serpent's head. And he gave the first, this amazing prophecy. The devil will die. He will be crushed. But it's going to happen in my redeeming time. And even God needs time uh, throughout history and in our lives to redeem us. And so in our lives, we need God's rede- redeeming time to purify us, to grow us, to challenge us through the seasons of life, like in Ecclesiastes, for every time there's a season, time for war, time to, to live, time for, to die. We have to fight through things, and some issues take time. Everyone say, it takes time. Don't look at your spouse and say that. It the devil tried to entice Jesus by what? Shortcuts. What did he, man, turn these stones into bread. Go to the temple, throw yourself out, off. Uh, look at the nations of the world. I'm going to give these to you. All those are going to be his anyway. And the temptation is to have a good thing at the wrong time. That happens in relationships. People uh, want the right thing at the wrong time, and they hurry, not uh, allowing God to work in the process. That happens in dating. Well, man, I really like them. Well, don't rush into that him, that her. Let the right thing happen at the right time, and God's blessing will be on it. Someone say amen. The devil tried to say, man, uh, let me give you these things that will be yours anyway, but I'm going to rush it. No, God has a, there's a timing to things. And grace says, dig around it, fertilize it, give it time. Let's cause uh, this tree to grow. And how, uh, all of us want fruit, right? And so th- there's grace uh, causes something to grow, but there's also truth. Part two, the hard part. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus told the woman caught in adultery, hey, where are your accusers? I have none, Lord. And he could have left it at that. Just go on and live your life. Do what you're doing before. But how many know that wouldn't have helped? He did say, go and sin no more. Truth has to come. Guidance has to come. God's, the law, the Ten Commandments have to come. We have to follow something. Otherwise, we're just making our own truth up. 
And if we're not careful, uh, if we lead with just truth, and here's the, the challenge, right, as I finish up, uh, what if we have truth but no grace? That'll bring death. That's, a, that's cut it down, right? Chop that tree down. Man, you're not following orders. You're not following the law. See, the law puts us in strict legal relationship with God. It basically says, I will love you if you do what's right. How many of you have ever had a religion like that? Man, if, if I only could do what's right, then God will love, love me. No, God loves you. Therefore, you want to do what's right. Truth before grace uh, puts us in a relationship that only brings anger, resentment, or anxiety. And here's a, here's a few scriptures, and then we'll look at grace without truth. Um, but truth without grace brings legalism or uh, a moralistic kind of a faith. First in Romans. Romans 3.19. Now we know whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by works of the law. Rather, through the law, he becomes conscious of sin. This is a big topic, but the Bible calls the law the schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. How many like a good old-fashioned schoolmaster? I just picture a ruler. Whack! Uh, see, the law can tell you what you've done wrong, but it can't, it's powerless to help you change. Romans 4.15, the law brings wrath. Romans 5.20, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Romans 7, 5, for when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore the fruit of death. Romans 7, 9, once I was apart, alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. Isn't that interesting? How many have ever had parents or uh, someone say, hey, uh, your mom made cookies. Here's the cookies. I'm going to put them in the jar, but you can't have them. They're up here. Right? Save those for later. Don't touch the... Don't open the cookie jar. What does that do in us? Oh, I want some of those. That seems pretty good. Paul said, the law provoked me. He actually said, the law provoked me to sin. That's interesting, isn't it? Because it's the law, it's, it's challenge, challenging me to do good, but it's powerless to help me change. It brings wrath. Uh, Romans 7, right there in 7, 5, it, it bore death. It, it couldn't bring life. 7, 9, once I was apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin, sin sprang to life and I died. I fought that very commandment that was intended to bring life. Actually, it brought death. That's interesting. Law, that, that's the, the cut it down. There's no fruit. You're not living right. How many, 
We don't want to have a church like that. Religion like that. In Galatians, Paul goes on. And Galatians, by the way, is Paul's angriest letter. He's mad at these guys because they started in grace and then they turned to law and works. Galatians 3.10, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. And as it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because the transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels entrusted to us to a mediator. Uh, Galatians 3.23, before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. Woo! Preach it, Paul. You're trying to be justified by doing what's right, but you're you're removing yourself from Christ. James is the verse in James is. Uh, 2.10 is extreme for whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking the whole thing. Did you sin this week? Break the law? Man, you've just broken the whole thing. And if we come with a law approach before grace, the tree will die. Have you ever seen those videos? They're all on Facebook of like people talking to their plants. Right? I just saw one. If, if talking to plants brings life, imagine what talking and bringing life to people could do. The law can't bring life. It, it, it's the schoolmaster that tells us we know, we know when we're doing wrong. We have to have grace first. Right? Dig around it. Fertilize that thing. Talk to it. Give it a year. Give it time. Fight for it. Fight for each other. And let's see it grow. Come on, there's been seasons in church life where churches don't grow. Man, dig around. Get down to the root issues. What are the things deep down in your life that really are causing the issues you're going through? The criticism in your marriage, the the critiques, the unplugging. Don't look at the symptoms. Don't look at uh, the branch. Look at what's deep down and bring grace. Bring words of hope. Bring words of life. Now here's another. I've talked to you about truth uh, without grace, right? Uh, Let's picture a winter road. And we can picture that really easily. How many have gone off the road this winter? Or you're like in fear of it like every day? There's two ditches on the side of the road. One is truth without grace. The other is grace without truth. That's a problem too. Are you guys with me? Grace without truth. And there's scriptures for that. This is like relativism or uh, self-discovery or everyone finds their own way. There really isn't a universal truth. Well, that's, that's bonk, Right? <laughs> How many know there is universal truth? When I get on an airplane, I want a pilot that believes in gravity. 
Now I'm just going to fly this any way I want. Right? I'm just going to get in the plane and, and fly this thing and, and I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to wherever that is because I, I believe I can get there however I want. <laughs> yeah, it's a truth. Are you with me? We have to have truth. And grace without truth will bring destruction. Here's a few scriptures. Galatians 5.13. I didn't mean to yell at you. I just got excited. Um, you, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Well, God's grace... I can do whatever I want. No. Serve one another. Not your own desires. 519 Galatians, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Truth. Do we have grace? Yes. Does grace lead us into truth? Yes. We have to have both Romans, Paul goes on in 6.15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? I love this, and I want to pause here and uh, reflect on this for a minute. Uh, Paul's preaching to the heckler. All through Romans, he's been talking about grace. We're under grace, not under the law. And so he has to answer the question, Paul, grace is so good, do we go on sinning? Right? Right? It's the good news, the gospel. Are you with me? It is so good. You have to ask the question, well, man, grace is so good. I could continue sinning, but no, he says. By no means. Don't you know when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you, you are slaves of the one? You obey whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. I want to be a slave to righteousness. And what happens when we're saved is we are sinners saved by grace, but we don't call ourselves sinners. We're, we're righteous. Fight, we will fight against a sin nature, but I'm righteous in God and in his sight. But I'm pushing off the sin nature, which tries to get a hold of me. But we don't give in to sin. We're not under the law. We're under grace. And it's such good news that he had to address that. Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And the, the question we could ask is, who's on the throne of your life? Is God on the throne? Or are we, if anything else, any desire, any sin, anything you've put in front of God, then you're on the throne of your life. It's idolatry. You're worshiping something else. 
in 1 Peter, for you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. You've spent enough time. How many wish you could go back, you know, if I could only go back and get those years, get those minutes, get the words we said, get the acts we've done. Paul's saying, man, you've spent, or Peter's saying, you've spent enough time in the past. Let's make our future in God great. Proverbs 13, 18, I think it's the last scripture. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction will be honored. See, the, there's two ditches on the side of the road. One is, is truth or judgment without grace. Are we getting this today? Man, cut that tree down, chop it down, and there's no fruit. But I, I think we could also go to the other side and, and go off the road if, man, just, just grace. Just live how you want. If we let our kids do whatever they want, right? You'll be miserable in the grocery store. I want this, I want that, I want that. God, God wants us to bear fruit. We want to be a church that bears fruit. And coming, coming into a season, and we do believe it doesn't look like it outside, but there is a season of springtime coming and branches that are going to come and life that's going to come to you and, and issues. that may, Maybe there's been some constructive pruning. How many love a good message on growth? Come on, everyone with a, with a big cheer. How many want to grow in God? All right, how many want to be pruned? <laughs> That's pretty good. He prunes us, we grow. He prunes us. I, there's a, is it Mary, and Mar, or, uh, Mary that ran to the tomb of Jesus? After he died, and they, they ran on that morning. They showed up and the stones rolled away and they saw someone supposing he's the gardener. Is that what it says? But it's our Savior. I, I love that. He's the gardener. He comes and he, not just chopping at a tree and cut it down. He's the gardener that prunes us. He knows just how to do it. And maybe there's painful situations in our life where we go, man, God, this has been a, this has been a long winter. This has been a hard season, but God sees you in the season. He knows that he wants to prune you and, and dig around and get down to the root issues in your life. Fertilize that thing. Give it some time. Man, bring in some grace. Bring in the advocate that someone from the, maybe you need someone from the outside to come in a counselor, someone to pray with you, someone to say, man, let me help and bring you along. And you need grace to fertilize. And man, give it a year. Don't be so hard. The New Year's resolution, you may not have made it into February or March. We're in March now. Next week's Daylight Savings Time, by the way. Public service announcement from your friendly pastor. Uh, you need an advocate to come. 
give you some time. Ample grace with mixed with truth. The law by itself won't work. Did we get, did we get that? It, it'll tell you how, what you did wrong. It'll, it will divide, but it, won't, it can't do It's powerless to change. You need the grace, the grace and truth of Jesus to live and to grow. Right? All right, let's pray today. Actually, let's jump up to our feet and stand. Father, we thank you for um, your grace today that guides us, that loves us, that nurtures us. But we also thank you for truth. Thank you for universal truth of the gospel and the kingdom and your word and your great commandments that says love God and love your neighbor. And so we pray if anyone's gone off the road to one side or the other and maybe they're, they're trying to help someone get better but they've only brought judgment or said, man, Cut that tree down. Help us to be gracious, please. Help us to bring life. Help us to bring hope. Or maybe we've just been, been so kind that we haven't brought discipline. We haven't brought truth. We haven't brought direction in our own lives even. And we've thought, well, I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to disregard God's law. And there's so many things in those scriptures that, that do bring death. They cause a lack of fruit. They cause us to not uh, be fruitful and to multiply and to, to have life. And we don't want to be that, those kind of people or that kind of church. Please, God, come today. Help us to grow. I pray for Revive Church, both here and in the Bitterroot and downtown, meets later tonight cause us to start to, to really grow in a city that needs to see a church that has fruit. Not a church that, that reaches its branches out and points its finger at the city and, and brings judgment or brings uh, condemnation or conviction. God, we, we pray for a, the God, godly sorrow to come. God, true godly sorrow. If there's places in our life that, man, God, I need you. Cause us to, to repent in a godly way and lay those things down. And if we need help, of someone to come with a shovel and, and dig out and, man, help those roots. Help bring life. We want to be a good tree. We, we want to bear fruit. And... I feel like for sure there's people that the tree in the scripture didn't bear fruit for three years. And I'm for sure today, there's some of us that have said, man, it, Josh, it's been five years, six years. Maybe it's been one or two, but there's been a definite season of your life where you say, there has not been fruit in my life and I need help. I want to make sure you know today uh, we're not up at the top of the 40-foot well looking down saying, man, get yourself out of that. We're, we're going to jump in. I want to jump into the well and say, man, we're here to help. 
And Jesus, our gardener, is going to help you bear fruit and fruit that remains. God, we pray right now for every barren tree that needs to be encouraged today or even pruned a bit to have a great season coming up. We welcome your pruning so we can bear fruit for the rest of the world to feed on. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your lives. May God richly bless you in the upcoming year.